Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. We're going to jump right into the Word. 1 John chapter 1. We're going to read three verses, but we're going to read them one at a time as we talk about the kingdom of light. 1 John Chapter 1, verse 5 reads, I'm about to do a new thing. Y'all like that, huh? They look good? Good, because I got, I got these drones from Walmart. <laughs> okay, the Bible reads, lest y'all start clowning on me. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. I want everybody who knows how to pray to pray today for me, please, that the message that is declared is from him and it's just him. John was clear. He said, this is the message which we have heard. You can only speak what you hear. Jesus said, that which you hear in your ear, shout it on the housetop. And as people of God, we testify what we know. We talk what we know, and we testify what we've seen. This is not an opinion column. We leave that to the media. But this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light. Somebody say that with me so it can get in your spirit. God is light. We hear all the time that God is love. And people use that as an occasion to do whatever they want to do. God is love, and he loves me no matter what. That's true. But God is also just. And as a just God, when I do something that's out of his will, because he loves me, he chastens me. But God is also light. And you know how much light is in God? God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. I want you to think about this in your Holy Ghost mind for a moment. Can you imagine the brightness of his glory if there's not one speck of darkness? It's just light. That's why no one can see him and live. His light is blinding. There is no darkness at all. And you know what God wants for you and me? 
is that we become so like him that the day will come, sis, where there is no darkness at all. See, Jesus, even at the beginning of his ministry, he spent 30 years walking in the light. And when he began his ministry, which was just over three years, he says, the prince of this world cometh and finds nothing in me. He looks for darkness. Anywhere he can find darkness. If it's in my heart, he's gonna leverage that darkness. But I wanna be so much like the God I serve that there's no darkness at all. Here's what the Lord is saying. Here is the message that he wants me to deliver to you. Because God is light and there's no dark, and because God is light and there's no darkness at all in him, he could be in the thick darkness and the darkness can't get in him. I hope somebody has the grace to hear this. The will of God is that for you and me, we could be in a dark world, but it's not in us. See, that's what it means to be in the world, but not of the world. I can be in a world full of darkness, but the darkness is not in me. I can go in environments where there's darkness, Chris, all around me, but it's not in me. Don't go into the darkness if the darkness can penetrate you. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. That's why in the days of Moses, the Bible says the people stood far off from the tent because they saw darkness. But the Bible says that's where God was. But when he shows up, darkness becomes light to him. That's why I want to be the light of the world. Darkness can't touch light. When light comes in, darkness has to go out. Light and darkness can't dwell together. Light has no fellowship with darkness. I hope you understand spiritually what the Spirit is saying right now. Whoever has an ear to hear, let him hear. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. As I was preparing for this message, Deacon Cunningham, I tried to imagine the purity of pure light with no, not a hint of darkness. And it's too wonderful for me. I couldn't imagine it. I just can't. Because everyone, even though we have lights on in this building, it's not totally light. There's some sections where the lights are dim. There's some sections where the lights are off. In God, the light is never off. It's never dim. It's bright. And he's brighter than the noonday sun. We think of the sun as a ball of fire but the light is so bright, that's one of the reasons it's 93 million miles away from us. If it comes any closer, if it comes any closer, not only will it burn us up, it, it, the light will blind us. Have you ever gone outside in the winter when there's snow on the ground and you come out of a dark house? It's painful to your eyes because in the material world, our eyes respond to light. God is light, and in him, there is no darkness at all. God, we pray that you 
who dwell in the thick darkness would remove darkness far from us. We don't pray that you would take us out of the world, but in the world that we would be lights shining in darkness, that our light would shine bright. God, when we face trouble and trauma, may our light shine brighter in the midst of trouble. Remind us of the childhood song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. My youngest son was having some challenges and my wife and I began to sing it and said, David, we want you to face your problems saying this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Sing it in the presence of bullies. Sing it, I'm talking to some young people, sing it in the presence of those who are trying to move you away from God. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Sing it to yourself till it gets good and you say, everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine. Up and down the highway, I'm gonna let it shine. What am I saying? Don't let anything dim your light. Don't let life circumstances, don't let troublemakers, don't let evildoers dim your light because the God that we serve is light and there is no darkness at all in him. We got a ways to go, don't we? If we're gonna attain to him, but before I'm done, you'll see what makes that possible. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our flesh because the spirit and the flesh wrestle with one another. They're contrary to one another. God told me that somebody needs to hear this. You have a, a, a sense of guilt because you're wrestling, because you're wrestling with something. God said, that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. It's when you stop wrestling, that's the problem. Because the spirit and the flesh are contrary to one another. And see, what I've learned is the wrestling in me has nothing to do with my strength because it's the spirit that's wrestling. So I let the spirit, I'm struggling, but it's the spirit that's wrestling. I sense the wrestle, but don't let the devil make you feel condemned. He's a liar. The spirit and the flesh will always wrestle against one another. When the wrestling stops, that's a submission. That's surrender. Don't you give up. Don't you surrender. Don't you give out. Don't be weary because you're going to reap in due season if you don't faint. Somebody say, don't faint. Don't give up. Don't give out. Don't get weary. Let's go to verse 6. We're going to spend a minute on this one, or two, or three, because there's some stuff that we need to see together. If we say, if you have your Bible, I want you to highlight, say. If we say. Mm. 
They're, come on, and precept upon precept. We're going to get here a little and there a little today. That we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. We lie. We lie. So imagine what John is trying to get across to us. He said, if we say we have fellowship, it's like me saying to my coworkers, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And they are who they are. It's certainly not a Christian. It's just an example. I don't have anybody in mind. I have a lot of somebodies in mind. <laughs> so it's not any individual. So I say to my coworker, I'm a Christian. That's what I say. But I'm not demonstrating fellowship with him. Fellowship is a common purpose, a common interest. We gather together to have fellowship because of our common salvation. But then I say one thing and I walk in darkness. Walk in scripture talks about our life, our lifestyle, our behavior, our habits. It's what we do. So if I say I have fellowship with him and what I do is in darkness and God is light and there's no darkness at all in him, John says, we lie. See, John is talking to the we. He's talking to the body of Christ, the we. So you have to ask the question every now and then, who are we? That's an important question, Jamal, because sometimes when we forget who we are, when we forget who we are, we can get caught up in stuff that is not like us, or not, more importantly, not like him. But here's the thing. Here's where I want to tie this thing together. We lie and do not practice the truth. In other words, sis, what he's saying is what you say and what you practice are not the same. What you say and what you practice. If I say I'm with you, Brandy, and when you need me, I don't show up, what I practice is different. We become like those of the proverb who says, it's not a proverb in the Bible, call this coming from the book of B.O. Not body odor, Bob Oliver. <laughs> when all is said and done, often more said than done. We don't wanna be a people who say one thing and then make excuses when it's time to do it. It is the little foxes that spoil the bond. If I don't have discipline in one thing, I'll have discipline in nothing. I've learned in this walk, because what he's talking about is the walk, is the walk. I've learned in this walk, if I neglect the little things, the big things will come and bite me because my awareness, my sensitivity to the spirit is eroding. So in little things, you, we've got to learn sometimes to keep our tongue because if you say it, even if it's painful to do it, you need to carry it out. So maybe the answer is say less and do more.
say less and do more because your witness is in what you do. We are living epistles. People look for light in you based on what we say. How is it that what I say and what I practice is out of step? It's like walking with a limp. It's like walking in a way that's disjointed. It's like walking with a gait that's off balance. It's like trying to walk when you are dizzy. Eventually, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Let's take a quick detour, real quick, because I want to talk about this practice. I believe this is going to minister to somebody. I said practice, I'm thinking about Alvin, <laughs> Allen Iverson. What are we talking about? This is a good practice, though. What are we talking about here? We talking about practice? Romans 7 and 15. We'll go back to 1 John. Romans 7 and 15. I want you to see this. Romans 7 and 15. This is Paul speaking. One of the things I love about Paul is his transparency and his, his openness for the church to learn how we are to walk upright before God, how we are to be the light of the world, not just say it, but to be it. And so now he's talking about himself. This is a good time to use I. John used we because he's saying this impacts all of us. Paul is giving his testimony. Normally when we give a testimony, the testimony is about something good God has done. Ain't God good? But when we tell our story, what Paul is doing, his testimony is about his story. We ought to be transparent because you know what? We can help somebody. The things that you feel bad about that are in your past, and we prayed about leaving our past there, you know, God can use it as part of your story. Somebody, Esther, who's struggling with something that you've been through, you can help them. You know why you can help them? Because you've been through it and you've come out of it. You can say, he brought me out. I know he's able to bring you out because he brought me out. Here's what Paul says. For what I am doing, for what I am doing, he didn't say what I did. He didn't say what I used to do. This is the Apostle Paul who labored more than all of them, who God used to turn the Gentiles from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. He says, for what I am doing. Minister Baldy, one of the things that I think has become an unintended consequence and practice, practice, practice of the church 
is we don't mean to do it, but we teach people to wear masks. Mask. So that they don't feel free to tell their story because they're going to look, be looked down on or judged. Heaven doesn't look down on that. Paul is telling his story. I hope it encourages somebody today. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I, what I want to do, it says for what I will to do. But what he's saying is what I want to do. Like in my mind, I obey the law of God. But in my body, I obey the law of sin. He said, I see another member working in me. See, that's why the wrestle, that's why the wrestle, the spirit and the flesh, and all of us, this is true for every one of us, but every one of us can have victory. See, that's the good news. It says, that I do not, come on, what's the next word? But what I hate, I do. The stuff I want to do, I don't practice that. But the stuff I despise, the stuff I hate, that's what I do. Why do I do that? Paul goes on and says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God for Jesus Christ. And right after he says that, it's the eighth chapter of Romans, verse one. And he says, there is therefore now. I want you to know every one of you who feel bad about your story. I want you to feel good about it because therefore now, somebody say now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See the key is walking in the spirit. But when I step over here and walk in the flesh and I say, and I say, that I have fellowship with him. I'm lying and I do not practice the truth. Now I'm practicing the things that I don't want to do. I despise it. I talk to my believer friends and say, you know what, that person's a mess. And I'm in a closet a mess. I, that closet thing, I know it has a, I ain't talking about that, but that too, <laughs> that too, but that's not what I'm talking about. The only time I want to be in a closet is when I'm praying. So I can say, come on in my room. Jesus is my doctor. He writes out all the prescriptions. Come on, somebody. We go into our secret closet to pray. We don't go in a closet to hide because darkness can't hide from him. I want you to write down Psalm 139, verse 12. David understood that if he tried to hide in the darkness, put 11 and 12, because it gives context. If I tried to hide from you, don't put it up on the screen. If I tried to hide from you, light and darkness is the same to you. It's the same because there's no darkness at all in him. He said light and darkness are the same to you. But darkness tries to hide. We, if you have nothing to hide, if you have nothing to hide, somebody say nothing to hide. You can walk in the light. 
The enemy of our soul wants nothing more than for us to be ashamed and not to tell our story that could lift someone else up from a pit that we've been in. If he picked you up out of a, a horrible pit and the miry clay, somebody needs to know that. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to know that he's a deliverer. Somebody needs to know he is a healer. He's a healer. There was a song some years ago that says, he is a friend of mine. And the basis of those lyrics was, he healed my body. I was ready to die. My heart was failing and Jesus came in and healed me. And now I know he is a friend of mine. I want you to know that we're friends of God. If you know him, we become friends. He said to his disciples, you've called me master and you said right well, but now I call you friend. Has Jesus ever called you a friend? I, if he's called you friend, say I am a friend of God. Therefore I dwell in the light. The darkness can't penetrate me because God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So here's the question. And here's the purpose of God communicating this kingdom of light to us. How do we walk in it when we, like Paul, if it happened to Paul, it happened to any of us. Is there anybody in here who has a resume like Paul? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I'm the first one to say no. But what I have is the same Jesus who knocked Paul off the beast. That same Jesus is with you and is with me. And he makes all things possible, no matter how deep the valley, no matter how high the mountain, no matter how wide the valley. He's able to keep that which we commit unto him against that day. Here's a question. You ready for the question? I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to do this if you're taking notes. If you have your phone, put it in the notes page. When I say baptize, what comes to mind? Baptize, just the one word. You said it out loud, you're supposed to write it down. But you gave the answer that I expected. I hope nobody else heard you. Baptize, write down the word. Not the word, but what comes to mind. Let me tell you why I'm asking this. It's because we all come with preconceived notions. And preconceived notions, Elder Ardelia, I know for me, keep me from growing at the rate that God wants me to grow because I think I already know. A wise person once said, experience is the worst teacher because often the lesson is learned before it's taught. Experience is the worst teacher because often the lesson is learned before it's taught. When I think I know, I'm less open to learning. And you know that's your tendency? When someone's trying to teach you something and you start talking and you're telling them what you know, when that happens, 
stop talking because that person is unteachable in that moment. A person, Deacon Gillette, who wants to learn is like a sponge they absorb. And they have the kind of humility, if a child can teach them something, they'll receive it. We are not going to be a people where experience is the worst teacher because we're experiencing him more and more every day. I'm learning something about him today that I didn't know yesterday. Oh, the depth and the riches of the manifold wisdom of Christ are unsearchable. If it's unsearchable, how can you know? All you can do is search. I'm trying to search it out. I'm trying to search it out. If you're with me, say amen. amen. So you wrote down, baptize, what you think, right? So I want to, let me set this up. There is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is in you all and through us, I should say us all. Y'all ain't leaving me out of him. Us all, not just you all. So there's one God, but that one God has three dimensions or three persons. There's one baptism, but it has three dimensions. I said that so that I can speak to the Bereans so that they can fact check. Because if I don't do that, some will fact check me in the pews and say, how are you saying three dimensions of baptism? There's only one baptism. There's only one God. There's only one God. But there's a father. Come on. But the Lord our God is what? There's only one of you. But all I see is your body. But you have a soul and you have a spirit because you're made in the image of God. So you too are a triune being. But when you show up, it's just one of you. If I see three of you, then I, I'm suffering from vertigo. <laughs> I talked about how vertigo can make you fall and make you see what's not there. Are you with me? Are we together so far? Okay, I want to talk about the three dimensions and then we're going to minister. Are you ready? The first dimension, as you're taking notes, is to be baptized into Christ. Baptized into Christ. I'm confident that most of you when I say baptized, thought of water. Some of you, some of you who I talk to and I know well, you probably said fire, baptized with fire. Both of you right, they're just di different dimensions. Let's start with Galatians 3 and 27. Can you put that verse up? Galatians 3 and 27, because I want you to see what the scripture says. In fact, I'll just tell you, and you can reference it. Is that all right? Do you trust me enough to tell you the truth? I would rather the scripture be put up, 
But if it can't, then I'll tell you. This is Paul speaking to the church of Galatia. And he's asking them if they know that they've been baptized, that we all have been baptized into Christ. And who is that? I want you to, just so that you prepare, Acts 2.38 is going to be next. And then Luke 3 and 16, I'm foreshadowing. Don't y'all look. If I see your eyes go down, you get a demerit. <laughs> For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Have put on Christ. Minister Howard, God never wants us to put off something and not put on something. That means we would be naked spiritually. So when we put off darkness, we put on light. When we put, on put off unrighteousness, we put on righteousness. So Paul is saying, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So the first step in evangelism, the first step in um, discipleship is to teach people that they are to put on Christ. So the question is, how do I put on Christ? I know how to put on a garment. How do I put on Christ? These things are going to build on one another. Let's go to the next uh, dimension. The next dimension is probably the one that most of us got when I said baptize, and that's baptism by water. But you'll see three things in Acts 2.38 that informs all of this. But you've heard me say in the past, Scripture interprets itself. And that's how you get understanding. You never understand the dimensions of a verse in one verse. And that's how people, people build denominations and doctrines off one verse. When, when the prophet Isaiah says it needs to be line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, that means it's not just one place. You get a little here, you get a little there, and that's how you understand the whole counsel of God. Is that all right? Do you mind if I teach today? Acts 2 and 38. It is the first word of the gospel. It's the first word that comes out of Peter's mouth. It was the first word that came out of Jesus' mouth. It was the first word that came out of the forerunner's mouth. Then John the Baptist. Then Peter said to them, what did he say? What did he say? Now, he's talking about, in this verse, it's generally we see the water baptism and then the promise of fire. But repent and let every one of you be what? So now he's talking about water. But before you go to the water, what do you do? Repent. No one should be baptized if they didn't receive the first word of the gospel. Repent, repent, 
Repentance is almost like a byword in 2024, but it's required. The Bible says that there was a time when God winked, winked at my ignorance. But in these last days, he's calling everyone to what? Repentance. That's why the first word that came out of Jesus' mouth when he began to minister was to repent. The first word that came out of John's mouth on the day of Pentecost, the first word is what? What does repentance mean? It is for you to turn because you have a change of mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God will cause us to see things different because what I was born into was iniquity. And my eyes naturally are drawn to iniquity. That's why my flesh likes pleasure. But in him, there's fullness of joy. And on his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. But it's a different type of pleasure. The Bible says that Moses would, said he would rather suffer with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin. We're still talking about the kingdom of light. He said, repent and let every one of you, because they asked, what should we do about this? We heard you praising God in all of our languages. It was people from all over the world. He said, what you need to do is repent and let every one of you, let me go back to my new thing. Y'all have to correct me, I got my glasses. Every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, does baptism take away my sin? So it's clear he's talking about the act of repentance. He said, you do that before you get in the water. And then when you get in the water, you're identifying with his death and his resurrection. Are you with me? He said, and when you've done that, you see the two dimensions. The first, you put on Christ. You do that through repentance. The second, you go down in the water. And he says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Does that sound like a promise? And if you read the next verse, don't put it up now. It says, for this promise is to you and your children forever and to all that are far off. When he says far off, Reverend Mosley, he's saying generations to come. Every generation has access to the same gift. Let's do the third one, and then I have, we're going we're gonna to wrap this thing up. The third one is Luke 3 and 16. Luke 3 and 16, baptized in the Spirit. Baptized in the Spirit. And this is John, the forerunner, giving. He says, John answered, because the people said, what shall we do then? John was something. He would not be successful in the modern church. I don't know how many disciples he had in his day, but Mambala would be less. He had just preached to them, calling them a brood of vipers. 
he was calling them venomous beasts. Not just venomous beasts. He said, you're a brood of vipers. You produce other snakes. <laughs> you guys produce snakes. He talked to the military. He talked to leadership. He talked to the religious. He rebuked everybody. But they were convicted. They said, what shall we do about this? Well, in this instance, he said to them, repent. But now he's saying, John answered, saying to who? To who? Come on, I need everybody to talk to me. I want to make sure we're together. To all. I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus is a baptizer. John the baptizer baptized with water, but Jesus is the baptizer who baptized with fire. Baptized with fire. So if you get one and two and not three, walking in the light is harder because now I gotta do it on, on my own strength. I have to overcome temptation by myself. But when I'm baptized with fire, Deke, the Bible says that there is no temptation that shall befall us that is not common to all. But with the temptation, God will give you a way to escape. See, I, my escape hatch is in the spirit. That's why I want to be baptized, not just in water, but in fire. Jesus baptized me. Every now and then, I want him to baptize me again. In the natural, I was baptized twice. I was baptized twice. And the pastor said, you really don't need to do this. I'm like, nah, you, you don't know. You're not a priest, are you? Because if I tell you my story, it's like, nah, you're a holiness preacher. You're going to judge me. I know that. I grew up with you. If you were a priest, I would stand behind the glass and tell you. But I knew that although I was in the church, I grew up in the church, the church wasn't in me. I knew that I knew everything about the book that a child that age, a teenager could know, but I was still doing everything I knew how to do. And some things I learned along the way. So I knew I want to be clean inside. Take me to the waters. Take me to the waters to be baptized. What I didn't know is that I was looking for the third dimension. I didn't understand the third dimension because people didn't teach me that. They ran around the church, they spoke in tongues, but they didn't teach the young people what it meant to repent, to go to the water, and then get in the fire. You want the fire to be in you because then you can resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. Then you can walk in the light, the beautiful light. You can come where the dew drops of mercy shine bright. Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. God wants us to get into the third dimension. Don't stop. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Some, we take people to the second dimension. Sometimes we miss the third, first and the third. But we want to be a church where the whole counsel of God is understood. Even when people are babes in Christ. Even when they're little ones. Because when they understand, they won't make the mistake I made. Going to church every Sunday. Getting baptized. Saying everything. And people used to say, oh, you're so nice. You won't hurt a fly. You won't hurt a fly. 
It's like, I hope you don't see me on G Street because there's some stuff that might surprise you. This guy you think I am, that's not really who I am. But I would smile. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I dwelt among a brood of vipers. A brood of vipers. We breeded vipers. But there's something about understanding those levels so that then we can teach others. That's what discipleship is about. He said, I want you to teach others all that you've observed and learned from me. We don't, we don't want to just take people to the second dimension. We begin with the first and then we end with the third. Here's what the Spirit of God is saying. Stand up. Stand with me. Come on, stand with me. If you want to be baptized into Christ, even if you don't fully understand what that is, but you feel something on your heart, I want you to come. I want you to stand over here to my left. Some people will minister to you. If you want to be, if you know him, but you've never been baptized in water, I want you to stand in the middle. Amen. Bless you. If you want to be baptized into Christ, you're on the left. If you want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, I want you to stand over here. Three lines. Three lines. And the, the, the third one is a promise. Jesus says it this way. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So we have baptized into Christ, baptized into fire, but we still have a gap. So everybody in here has been baptized in water. Have 100% of you been baptized in water? So you want to do two? All right, I want you to stand right here. You stand right here. Huh? Oh. I want to hit. Oh, my God. Say that again. I want to do all three. I, my God. See, that's how it ought to be when people come to Jesus. I'm coming to him, but I want all of him. I want to do all three, not one at a time. There are people who go 10, 20, 30 years and never get to the third dimension. That's gonna cease. We're gonna get people all three. This young lady is a witness. You have no idea what you just said and the power of what you said. It's good to see you again. It's so good to see you again. I need people to come. I need some to lay hands but I want you to stand behind them and lay hands. Let me tell you why, in this group. There was an evangelist named Philip who went into Samaria and he preached the gospel so powerful that people in the city start burning up all their things that related to witchcraft. They literally set it on fire. They were communicating that they wanted all three. 
But the Holy Ghost didn't come until John and Peter showed up. And they said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we've never heard of the Holy Spirit. See, that's the problem. We don't talk about all the dimensions. We're very spiritual, but we don't teach it practically. And when they laid hands on them, they spoke in tongues. For some of you, today is going to be like Peter in the house of Cornelius. While the word is coming forth, it's going to come. Pastor Wangoi, I want some of the pastoral team, I want you to stand over here. Ministers, I want you to stand. And you put, as I'm praying, I want you to put your hands on them. For those who, are, who want to be baptized into Christ, Deke, I need some people over here for those who want to be baptized into Christ. For the young lady, Pastor Wangoi, for the young lady who wants all three, please stand with her. All three. She want to put on Christ. She wants water baptism. We will do that eventually. And she wants fire. This is not a hard thing with God. It's not a hard thing with God. I want everyone, the we, the we in the room who John talked about, we who have fellowship with him, let us begin to pray. We're going to start here and we're going to end here. Father, we thank you for these precious ones who've come with hearts full, with hearts full, who desire to put on Christ. They want to take off darkness and put on light. They want to take off unrighteousness and put on righteousness. They want to renounce the hidden works of darkness and walk in the light from this time forth, even forevermore. And therefore they've come to the altar to repent. I need you to say something now. I'm gonna tell you what to say. Lord, I'm sorry. I've been doing things my own way and I'm tired. It's not working for me anymore. I've decided to do things your way. And now, Lord, cover me. Teach me. Lead me. Receive me into your kingdom and everlasting habitation. I want to be your friend. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to get to know you better. I want to get to know you better. Be patient with me. Be patient with me. Be patient with me. Don't leave me. Don't forsake me. According to your promise, I receive your promise. And according to the word that has been spoken over me today, I put on Christ. I take off darkness and I put on light. And God, I pray that you would teach me to walk in them. I'll move through each dimension. 
I'll go to the waters of baptism as soon as you allow. And then the promise of the Father, which is to all those who are far off. I came here today afar off, but now I've come near. Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Put your hands together for these precious ones. God, these your people stand because of your promise. It is your word that we trust in. We trust in your word. We trust in your word that you give good gifts to us. You promise the Holy Ghost. Jesus, you are the baptizer. Baptize now with the Holy Ghost and fire. Baptize now with the Holy Ghost and fire. Baptize now with the Holy Ghost and fire. We now know that you are the baptizer. You are the baptizer. God immerse them in fire. Let the fire from the altar fall on them. Let it fall. Let it fall. Let it fall on them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. The fire of the Holy Ghost fall on them. Let your anointing fall on each one of them. God, according to your word, according to your word, not even according to our faith, according to your word, because you put your word above your name. You promised, you promised, you promised, you promised. Do what you promised, do what you promised. Father, give good gifts, give good gifts to each of these. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, they've repented. They've been to the water and now fire, 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 fire fall on them, fire. Fire, fire, let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall, let it fall. Those who are laying hands, those who are laying hands, every one of them, every one of them, I need one person. When I say now, I want you to lay hands and you tarry with them, it's not gonna take long. I'm not talking about tarry like the mothers used to have us tarry. I'm saying for you to wait with them until they receive the gift. Because in the upper room, Jesus said, wait until you receive the promise of the Father. What we're talking about today is the promise of the Father. And his promises are yes and amen. They're always true. Now, every one of them, hands laid on them. Now, the promise of the Father, the promise of the Father, move over. The promise of the Father, it is to you. It is to you. He has promised you. He has promised you. And his promise is true. 
his promise is true. He might go from the left to the right, but the Spirit of God is moving. Move on them, brood over them, brood over them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, take them to the third dimension. Baptize with fire, 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 baptize with fire. In the name of Jesus, sing anointing fall on me. Anointing fall. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall. Anointing fall. Anointing fall. God, we don't do this for a gimmick. We don't do this on our own volition. We do it because your word is true, is true. Let the for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.